So good evening everyone. Uh, my name is Osho Brad and I am one of the priests with the Dragonfly Sangha. Uh, and this evening I am uh, Osho Brad with allergies. <laughs> so if I if I sound a little congested that's why. Um, but I wanted to begin a, a series of talks about the four divine abidings or the Brahma Viharas. Um, and so, so what are the, the divine abidings? What are the Brahma Viharas? Well, Brahma Vihara, um, this is a term that is translated to the dwelling place of the Brahmas. So what are Brahmas? Well, Brahmas in Buddhist cosmology are gods who live in the heavenly realms. Uh, and it's said that they exhibit these limitless attitudes of goodwill, of compassion, empathetic joy, and equanimity. Uh, and that we should also strive to attain mind states around those four things so that we um, can exhibit, you know, a, a loving kindness where we wish everyone to be happy and compassion where we wish people who are suffering to not suffer, to no longer suffer. Uh, or we wish someone success through empathetic joy, uh, or if they have success, to not lose that success, to only get more success, um, and to exhibit equanimity, uh, where we have a, a calm attitude towards others and we're not easily rocked back and forth. So those are the four divine abidings. And I'm going to focus on loving kindness um, this evening. I, I like the word abiding because it speaks about an enduring state of mind. This is where the what it's like where the gods live. Um, and it, it's where we want it to be like where we live mentally, right? Um, our, our attitude, our state of mind. It's not just an emotion that we sometimes feel. This is a place where we want it to uh, be like that for us in our minds. Uh, and, I, and the definition of attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling. So you can think of these divine abidings as something that we want to establish as a settled way of thinking or feeling towards the world and towards ourselves. Um, and because of that, we can't just necessarily make up our minds like, oh, I'm going to do this today. It takes practice, right? Um, it requires us to orient to our true self rather than our ego self, because our ego self will often prefer separation uh, because of its conditioning uh, as, as opposed to oneness, which leads to things like anger and cruelty and jealousy and all the things that are, are opposed to these divine abidings, to these Brahma Viharas. Um, and, you know, the, the Buddha addressed that in his teachings about these, where he identified things that, uh, you know, states that work against these divine abidings. Um, or that the divine abidings, these, these attitudes, these states of mind work against. So for instance, loving kindness protects us and works against anger. Uh, compassion works against cruelty. Uh, empathetic joy works against jealousy of other people. And equanimity works against um, becoming attached and, and uh, being uneven. So, 
like I said, I, I want to focus this evening's talk on loving kindness, or as it's uh, uh, as it's said in, in the original Pali, uh, metta, uh, M-E-T-T-A. So what is metta? What is this Pali word metta? Uh, well, like I said, metta we, we often translate as loving kindness, but you'll also hear metta referred to as friendliness, kindness, amicability, benevolence, general goodwill. It's an attitude of love toward all living beings, including ourselves, right? Because we are part of that universe too. It's important to remember that. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and like I said, I, I talked about some of these these enemies of of uh, the the divine abidings, um, and so as with all of the divine abidings, loving kindness has uh, some enemies that it works against. And I already named one: um, anger or hatred, and and that's what we consider to be the far enemy. And it's called the far enemy because it's an attitude that, or a quality that works against loving kindness. I can see loving kindness and I can see anger, and they are very far apart from one another. Um, so, you know, being annoyed by others, wishing them ill, oh, that person, you know, that did me that wrong, it's the opposite feeling of love. And so cultivating this attitude of loving kindness works against that, so it helps us with that. Uh, however, there's also a near enemy of loving kindness, uh, and it's called the near enemy because it's actually kind of similar, it feels a little similar to loving kindness, and that near enemy um, is possessiveness. It manifests as possessiveness because sometimes uh, love that isn't driven by pure intentions can, you know, make us feel like we own someone or like they owe us because of our affection towards them. Um, and loving kindness works against those things as well. Right? It helps us to make sure that our attitude of love towards others is not tainted by possessiveness. And it works against hatred and anger. In the, the Metta Sutra, uh, it's said that we should cultivate for all beings the same love a mother would feel for her child. Um, now, I don't have kids. I'm obviously not a mother. But uh, uh, I've, you know, I have family. I have friends who have kids. Um, and I see that love. I've seen that love in action. And so that's a very powerful statement to feel that for everybody. Um, and it can be very hard to do because we in our minds separate uh, something that isn't naturally separated. We separate the universe uh, into buckets, especially people. We separate all the people in our lives who we've met and not met into buckets. And in the first bucket, we have all the people who are close to us. It's generally not hard to love those folks. Maybe not quite like a mother for her child, but people who are close to the close to us. We, we can love those people. That's not hard. And then you know what? There's a bucket of, for, of strangers. People I, I have seen but don't really know. Or people who I've, uh, you know, haven't ever met. And for them, we can almost kind of have this feeling of, you know, ambivalence. It's just, uh, you know, I don't really know them that well. <coughs> Pardon me. But... We also have a bucket where we tend to put people who, uh, you know, have harmed us in the past or we find difficult. 
uh, and who can make a practice like this feel or or, or seem really difficult. Um, people who we don't generally like or get along with. But this is something that we want to work on. We want to work on, on generating the attitude of loving kindness towards them as well. And, and to kind of describe why an attitude of loving kindness is important, uh, and why this practice is important. I want to use a mundane activity like going to the grocery store. Because um, if, you, if you're if you not cultivating the attitude of, of loving kindness and you're letting yourself get overwhelmed by, you know, anger, um, the the day can really go awry. So let's say you're, you're driving to the grocery store, you hit some bad traffic, someone didn't use their turn signal, you know, they're, they're driving a little close to you maybe, um, and so you're upset at them. And then you get into the parking lot and, you know, someone's really close to the line or they parked a little crooked. And so you're like, you know what? I know people. I'm going to park towards the back of the parking lot because someone's going to ding my door with theirs. They're going to open it up too quickly. Um, yeah, so you're not, you're not feeling good already. You walk into the grocery store. The place is packed. There's just too many people. Uh, you know, I don't love any of these people, right? Um, they're probably going to take all the things that I want. There's not going to be anything for me left. It's going to be sold out. And your shopping cart has a wobbly wheel. And that actually doesn't have anything to do with people. But you're just annoyed now. So you go to the deli. They get your order wrong. Oh, that person, you know, what are they doing? The cashier is rude to you. And then you leave the store, drive back home, and you just feel afflicted. Because it's all gotten to you. Everyone stinks and probably go home and you probably are going to start to emanate some of that that feeling of anger to the people around you, your family your friends and they're all going to get a sense of ooh you know someone's having a bad day right one of the reasons why it's important to cultivate this this attitude of loving kindness is because it makes our experience of the day more pleasant and it makes others experience of the day more pleasant in as much as we're a part of it like the sweet smell of, of burning incense uh, and it makes our other practices easier quite frankly because we're not chained by anger so that trip to the grocery store uh, could be more like you know what someone's driving too fast and I'm on my way they're, they're kind of riding my tail maybe they have an emergency I hope that they're safe right someone parked crooked or too close to the line. Maybe it's just a kid who's learning. I've done that before. Right? It's so full. Look at all these people. We're all here for the same purpose. We're all just here to buy food for ourselves and for our family. Um, to keep everyone healthy. Deli order is wrong. Well, you know what? I'm going to kindly ask for it to get fixed. Um, we all make mistakes. Goodness knows. Maybe it's our first day there. Maybe the cashier was rude to me because I came up with a scowl on my face because of all the, the things I went through. So you know what? I'm really pleasant to the cashier. They're having a good day. I'm having a good day. Their day is a little better because I was in it. My day is a little better because they were in it. Loving kindness towards everyone. It has a, a very... Um, mark. It makes a marked difference on our day. And on a deeper level, the benefit of, of cultivating this attitude of loving kindness is because it helps us, it makes it easier for us to trust our intentions. So we're not, you know, we, we talk a lot about um, the importance of intention in the world, 
you know, and, and did we mean to do a thing or did something happen despite our intention? And when we're unclear on our intentions, um, it can make life kind of a tricky ordeal. But the, the thing when you are emanating love towards everyone, when you're not separating people into buckets, it makes your intentions much clearer and it makes it easier for you to trust your intentions because you don't have to worry, am I doing this because, well, I just, he's in the good bucket and this person's in the bad bucket. And so I'm doing things to kind of, you know, drive them further apart. Am I taking this action because I want this person to have a difficult time, you know, because of, of something they did and I, I don't have an attitude of, of love towards them. Um, so this is an important uh, uh, attitude to cultivate. So how do we do that? Um, now I've found loving kindness to be a, a natural outcome of practice and study. Um, you know, when I see things as they are from a place of oneness and not of separation, uh, I see far fewer reasons to be angry at people uh, and more ways to see myself in them and vice versa. Uh, but this is also something that we can practice through meditation. And so I want to I want to describe a loving kindness meditation that maybe you've encountered. Um, so it'll be a good a good refresher. Maybe this is something that you've you've wanted to work on. And this is a good uh, activity that you can do during your meditation. Um, and what I like about this meditation is that it it starts with us. Right. I, the a lot of times we think, oh, attitude of loving kindness, it's something that is purely outside, but in the middle is this weird little hole that we keep <laughs> that is like we're not included in it. But this practice, it starts with us. We need to be the object of that love as well, because we are part of this universe um, as well. And it starts with us. So here's how this, this meditation, uh, how this practice can be done. So if you do find yourself with time where you can sit, you know, start to steady yourself with your breath. I always like to start with the breath with this kind of meditation because it anchors you in your body and it calms your mind down. It gets the ripples of those waves sort of settled down a little bit. And then when you're ready to, to start this loving kindness meditation, you want to think about someone who loves you or has loved you. You know, so maybe a grandmother or a spouse or a good friend. Um, and you want to take that love into yourself. It's important to remember that you are worthy of love. Right? A lot of times we think, oh, I just need to love other people. I keep none for myself. But loving kindness starts with you. So take that love into yourself. And then generate that love from within you and direct it to yourself. And and some people like to say some simple uh, uh, loving phrases like, may I be safe, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I experience peace. And you can do that for a while. And then gradually start to include those who are closest to you. That, that bucket that we sometimes have of folks who we who we like and love pretty naturally. May they be safe. May they be happy. May they be healthy. May they experience peace. And then you gradually expand this circle to people you feel neutral about. 
you know, the strangers who you pass on a daily basis, people at work who you only have a, a very passing relationship with. May they be safe. May they be happy. And then, <coughs> pardon me, finally, you expand your circle to include people that you may struggle with. Maybe people who have harmed you in the past. Uh, and you might say, you know what, I'm, I'm not quite ready to forgive those people. Uh, and that's okay. This is not a, a, an exercise where you need to forgive people who may have harmed you in the past. But you're acknowledging in this, in this loving-kindness meditation that they also, like you, want to be safe, want to be happy and healthy and experience peace. And that's very important to acknowledge that they, <coughs> pardon me, they want that too for you or for themselves um, in the same way that you want that for you and for those who are closest to you. And so you sit with that, you recite those, those phrases as you begin to include everyone in the universe, all living beings uh, in your loving kindness. And through repetition, you find yourself, you know, maybe next time you go to the grocery store, the, the, the person behind the deli is, doesn't, you know, their mistake doesn't get to you in the same way, you know, or, or, you know, someone who has their cart parked in the middle of the aisle, you're not like, oh, that person. You're like, oh, you know, I'll just kindly uh, see if I can sneak by them. You know, it changes your attitude, right? To an attitude of, of one of, from one of anger to one of love towards everyone. Um, some folks during this meditation, they like to do something a bit more visual. And so they'll visualize, visualize light emanating from themselves and kind of encapsulating more and more people. And they'll start out maybe geogra geographically. So say, you know, uh, to everyone in my house, may they be safe. May they be happy. Then to everyone in my town, everyone in my state, everyone in my country, everyone on earth, everyone in the universe. And they, they expand out. Some people also use the ten directions. You know, the, the north, south, east, west, west, northeast, northwest, etc. And then up and down. So the ten directions too to say I want to emanate this loving kindness out to everyone. But however you do it, start with yourself. Always start with yourself. And then pull in other people. And uh, and again, you'll you'll find that this will have a an impact on your attitude, on the way you move through the world, and on other people who you encounter. You become to them uh, a light of love that is uh, uh, conducive not only to your practice but to theirs and the way that they move through the world. And hopefully that light can spread to other people very much in the way that you're working to spread it in your meditation. So that is loving kindness, uh, one of the four divine abidings or Brahma Viharas. Uh, so I hope that this talk has been helpful. Uh, and if you would like to learn more about uh, the Brahma Viharas, these four divine abidings, stay tuned over the next few weeks as uh, uh, Osho Mike and I will, will talk about this topic a few more times. Um, and if you would like to learn more about our practice, uh, and deepen your own practice or would like someone to talk to, please do reach out to us. Uh, you can visit our website at AskSenseiTony.com or DragonflySanga.com, uh, S-A-N-G-H-A.com. Uh, and I hope all of you have a wonderful week. Thank you.